Okay, good morning, everybody. Everybody's well. Officially, the head, the beginning of the school year today. For those that are in that world, if you drop. Okay. Morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Beginning of school. If you drive by neighborhoods with kids in them, you're in that school bus world. I love the school bus world. It's so, like there's so much renewal. I don't know, like opportunity. First day of school, kids are excited. The world's going back to the normal grind of life. It puts us in a good perspective. It allows us to feel the momentum, to feel uh, the movement in the direction of growth. This episode is dedicated for the uh, Rafua Shlema for the speedy recovery of Chana, Sarah Chana Pua Bas Mariasa. Uh, there's a family that is, has been this, the real supporters of Momentum, which is really the sponsor of this whole program, the Fox family, credible family. Um, so if you have the opportunity, Andy's going to um, post on the chats the name of an individual in that family who can use the prayers. Please do. Uh, put, keep her in your prayers today um, as she can use it. And we have a lot of gratitude for her and we wish her a, a speedy recovery. We've been speaking a lot about this idea of, of empowerment. And yesterday we started to walk down the road of what if life wasn't as I expected it? What if there's something else going on? And that I'm not sort of like placed in this world and I have to sort of like fend for myself and figure it out and create alliances and partnerships and ultimately try to get the world to align with me. If you look at like a, a married couple, not in every case, but many cases, what you find is a subtle tug of war of which both sides are really trying to get the other to understand themselves and then work with them. And when both people are helping the other person out, you get to like a really strong, good partnership. And you'll hear sometimes things like, you don't understand me. You're not taking care of me. Why am I? How come I? And the, that's like a very normal approach towards life, right? I have a partner in life. They have to understand what I need and understand what I feel and understand how I see the world and we're partners. Why am I doing everything? Happens in families all the time. You are giving to your children and at some point you expect something in return, whether they're 15 or whether they're 35. And what about me? And what about me? There's a tug. There's a tug in business. There's a tug in, in everything in life. There's a certain tug, a quid pro quo that exists in the relationship. That's normal. And many times when we're engaged in relationships, what we're really subtly doing 
is trying to get the other person to understand me and to align with me and my needs. So if I'm doing something and it's not achieving the success that I wanted at the pace that I wanted it, I feel like it's failing. To some extent, there's truth to that, but that perspective really places the world that we have in the hands of other people. We're always subject to other people. The frustration that we have with the people and the world and society and the community and the nation, all these frustrations stem from the sense that I need you. And that if you're not going to align my viewpoints, I'm going to lose out. So what if there was a deeper way? And what that way really is saying is that in Hebrew, it's ha'olam nivra bishvili. The world was created for me. What that means is that when I wake up in the morning and I go through my day, the way people are acting towards me is custom designed for me, for my growth, for my benefit, for my ultimate soul rectification. So when I am in a relationship with somebody, my perspective is not when are they going to align with me? My perspective is what's my obligation at this moment? What is the right thing to do now? Regardless of what the result will be on my actions. And this is, it could be a subtle difference in, in real life, but it's massive in approach. So, if my wife is not responding to the way I am speaking, and as a result, I'm not getting what I want, am I trying to just control it and get her to see what I want? Or am I looking at it and saying, well, what's my responsibility now to her? Is this for me? She's not getting it because God doesn't want her to get it. No. Does that mean I have to articulate it better? Maybe. Does that mean I have to move off the point? Maybe. Does that mean that I have to to give it in? Maybe. But the analysis, forget the right answer, because no one ever knows the right answer. But the analysis is either, how do I get her to do what I want? Or what's my obligation right now? It's the opposite analysis. In one case, it's what's my rights. In the other case is what's my obligation? Those are two entirely different questions that you ask. In the world that we live in, we have rights. Everybody has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We have to protect our rights. That is the American way. Judaism doesn't give you rights. There are no rights in Judaism. You don't have rights. There's no bill of rights in Judaism. God doesn't, the Ten Commandments aren't the bill of rights, what we deserve. We don't have that at all. Jewish thought, we have obligations. If you want to give somebody a right, you give the other person the obligation, right? You have a certain, a husband has an obligation to his wife. She doesn't have rights. He has obligations. Now, in, in, a, in a court of law, it may come out pretty similar, but that's not the point. The way she claims her rights is by pointing to the source 
that shows that he has an obligation. Because the frame of how we're supposed to look at the world, and this is Jews and non-Jews, this is just spirituality. The frame in which we see the world is not I have rights. The frame in which we see the world is I have obligations. And when I look at my life as one major gym designed to build the strongest, most powerful soul that I can in this incredible virtual reality game called life, I look through a prism of my obligations in every situation. And my obligation in, this mo- in one situation may be no. It could be. My obligation to my own self, my obligation to my family, my obligation to my own spirituality may be to distance myself from this person. It may be. Maybe to connect with somebody else. But the prison in which we see the world comes from, I don't need you. And that's the massive difference. Needing is this direction. I need something. When we look at the world from a prism of need, if we don't get it, we are lacking. And when we're lacking, we react in a very, I don't want to say the word lacking, in a, in a, in a very specific way, which is based on scarcity. There are two types of people in this world. There are those that operate through scarcity and those that operate through abundance. You see it every day. There are those that feel that if I give, I'll get more, that the world is abundant. And there are those that feel like the world is very limited. And if I give, I have less. If I give compliments, if I give money, if, when I give, it generates more. And some people feel that when I give, I'm just taking from a very specific pie. And when you look at these two perspectives, you see a lot of why people act the way they act. When you live in the world of scarcity, everything that comes out of, at, everything that gets handed somebody else comes out of your pocket and it's going to end. When you live in the world of abundance, the only way you achieve abundance is by giving because it creates a world of where there is more abundance. When we live in a world of needs, we are almost putting ourselves in a world of scarcity because we are creating a finiteness to how I can operate in this world. I am in need of something, which means if I don't get it, I'm losing. And so even when you look at a relationship, it's based on scarcity. I can't give you because you have to give me now. I have to get filled up before I can get to you. So if I've given you and given you and given you, and you can't give back, I now have to get from you because I don't have enough. But if I look at it from my perspective of, well, what's my obligation right now? It could be my obligation is not to give because I'm conditioning a behavior that's not a good behavior. That could be it. Or I'm conditioning my, in myself a behavior that's, that could be it too. But when I look at it as 
I don't necessarily need from you. I may want from you. I may desire from you. But I don't need from you. I'm a soul. I don't need from this world. I need enough to keep me alive. But for the most part, I generate my greatness and energy from a much deeper source. And if I'm stuck in a world that I am giving to, and at some point that giving isn't coming back at that level, I still have to be thinking to myself, well, what's my responsibility right now? And sometimes my responsibility is to dig into a piece of myself and find that place where I can give at a level that I never knew I can give before. Sometimes when you're raising a child that pushes you well past the first few children, anyone's ever been in this place where the first child or two that you had, when you give X, it seemed to work just fine. Then you have one and you're giving X and then you're giving Y and then you're giving Z and you're like, what's up? In some families, there's a tug of war because mom and dad are like, this is it. This is what I give. You're not responding. There's something wrong with you. Because this is what we give. This is called normal parenting. And you're not responding to this level of parenting. So as a result, there's something wrong clearly with you. So either we're going to go deeper in a bad way, or I'm just going to dis- dis- disengage with you. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. Usually, I don't say usually, but my experience is that dad seems to be worse than this than mom. There's like a disconnect between parents and children. It's like as if like they gave up on the kid and the kid just sort of exists. They're there, but they haven't, they're not, parents aren't investing in them. They're not worried about them. They're not thinking about them. It's sort of like, okay, he's fine. There is a disconnect from the hopes and the beliefs of, of kids. Happens in school all the time. How many times in school have you experienced some teacher or principal go like, well, your kid's X. I had this with one of my children. I'll never forget. I got a call from one of my kid's teachers 10 years ago, whatever. Your kid's not an X. Like he, this young teacher looks at my child and basically decides that he's not smart enough for this type of work. So he moves him to another part of the class and just lets him do other things, like assuming like he's sending him out to intellectual pasture. Like that's it. He's not this kid. We were going crazy. What are you, what are you kidding me? The kid's not even out of elementary school yet. Like, right? The teacher is like, this is what I teach. This is the level in which I operate. Usually when I teach like this, the kids respond, right? It's a give and take. See those kids? They're responding. See these kids? They're not. I get it. There's something wrong with this kid. As opposed to, I'm the teacher. And God gave me 20 kids. And these five aren't responding. Not, am I mad at that kid? What's my obligation? This is for me. God could have given me 20 kids that were awesome. Those few kids that he gave me for what? Because maybe he wants me to dig inside me to figure out how to get that kid to be the best they can be. It doesn't mean they have to get an A in math. It means they have to, I have to dig deeper into myself and to find the piece of myself I never found before. 
the approach in life, which is Olam Nivra Bishvili, the world was created for me. Which means I can't point the finger. It means I can't look over and say, I'm out because they don't get me. Now, you can do it with common sense, right? It doesn't mean that every teacher has to go to every student. It doesn't mean that you have to be a rag. But what it means is that when we look at the world around us, the reaction needs to be, how can I be bigger in this scenario? This is for me. There's weight that's being put on me for me to lift. I have been chosen to do this mission because maybe God feels like I'm a Navy SEAL. I thought I was a regular infantryman. But maybe I'm actually a SEAL. I'm a commando. So I have a harder challenge, not because someone's pushing me away, because God is bringing me close and saying, you've reached a level. So now go deeper. Don't get mad. Dig. Find it. Figure out your obligations. Figure out how you can, you can rise above this. Yeah, of course a family where everybody is nice to each other would work. But what about a family where everybody's killing each other off a few dollars on an inheritance? Yeah, it would have been easier had dad not left any money and had all of us held hands and respected each other. What about a family where every member has a different spiritual and religious affiliation? And everyone doesn't, yeah, it'd be easier if everybody lived on the block. But maybe I'm in this family because I got to dig deeper. Yeah, it'd be great if every kid listened to me. Yeah, it'd be amazing. But what about that one kid who's driving me crazy? Wouldn't it be great that if you woke up in the morning and you're like, you get married on your first day and you're like, hi, honey. And she's like, I totally get guys. Yeah. I, you know, and you're like, really? Because and you, and you feel like, I totally understand women. Like, totally. I know what you... Wouldn't that be great? The answer is no. Because what are you working towards? What's great is when you look at your spouse and you're like, you don't understand what I'm talking about. I would never do that. I would never think like that. I would never talk like that. And it, it dawns on you, wait, I got to be a bigger person. Because me in me doesn't work. I got to be me and include her. I got to be me and include my friend. Me in an environment where I know my friends is great, but what about that person that just walked in and they're brand new? I got to dig deeper and be sensitive to the people that are around me that are making it harder. It's not not working out for me. It could be exactly what I need right now. It could be exactly what, what God wants of me. Figure out how to inspire your family. Figure out how to inspire your parents. Figure out how to inspire yourself. It's hard. Okay. Yeah, it's hard. Because I want you to be great. I think I told the story over here once. About the, the, I think I did it here. I think I did it here. About the Rebbe uh, from Berdichev. I think I did it here. I did. I'll say it again. There's a famous rabbi from, from Berdichev. His name is Levi Yitzchak. You guys remember, I love you. If you got a, if you got 
a week of green lights, he says, go to the, the, to the, to the synagogue, open up the ark, turn to God and go, why have you forsaken me? Can you imagine? When we look out at our challenges, whatever they may be, the perspective can't be, when am I going to control them? When am I going to f- get them to figure this out? When, am I very, when are they going to figure it out? When are they going to understand? If the perspective in life is us being right the way I am today and the world either getting it or not getting it, it's a very frustrating existence. The perspective needs to be, I'm, I'm standing in front of challenges today. What do I need to do to be bigger? What can I learn from my challenges today that will enable me to dig into a place that I never had to go before? And how do I use the challenges that present before me to build the muscle of being a spiritual commando? Because that's why I'm here. The results are out of my hands. And by the way, sometimes the answer is going to be to disengage. It doesn't always mean to keep on going. But the analysis has to be, what's my obligation here? Not, what's my rights here? That's a major difference. When you walk into a room and go, what's my right I'm your parent. I have a right. I am this. I deserve this. When you say those words to yourself, sometimes you may have to tell that to people to condition them if they're little. But when you say those words in your mind, we're ready out. The words we say to ourselves when we walk into a challenge is, what's my obligation here? What can I do here? What can I dig into here that I was never able to dig into before because I didn't need to? When we live our lives there, the challenges change. They become the pathways to greatness. They don't become the detours to greatness. All right, we'll continue this. Think about this today. Just start this process together with me. They're just taking a deep breath when you stare in front of a challenge. And just looking at it and trying to get your mind to shift from what's my right to what's my obligation. Now let's see how we grow together in this area. All right. Have an awesome day. Again, please say a prayer for Sarah, Hannah, Pua, Ban Mariasa. And may, with God's help, I hope you get to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.